Welcome back. I am here with Elsa Dillon. Elsa, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Elsa is an experiencer, and I'm going to let her tell her story in her own words. But let's start at the very beginning. What what were you doing? What was your life path before it suddenly changed? And then how did it suddenly change? My trade was a fashion photographer, and I would travel the world shooting for fashion mags and celebrities. I was probably more based in Australia and would leave from Australia to go to countries and come back. My husband, he's also a fashion photographer, separate to myself. He's been going 10 years longer than me, and he was based in New York and the UK, but he was traveling from from there. He's Irish-born but Australian, so he's from here. And he met me, and we had eight children, (laughs) which is funny because, you know, I'm not maternal in any way. So (laughs) me holding a baby for the first time was our first child. Being with Richard, Richard's very awake, really awake. He's been awake since pretty much birth. So he and, and when you say awake w- w- for the audience, how would you define that? He naturally meditates in the sun. Since a little child, he was Australian motocross champion. The age of fourteen or fifteen to seventeen, he's uh, an excellent chess player. Excellent. He would compete with not compete, but play against adults and win all the time. He also went to a Steiner school, so he had that different way of education. And his mother was very different in the way she brought him up. She, she didn't follow the system. She just did it her way. So, mm-hmm. And he's an excellent fisherman, has always been a great fisherman, Richard. So myself, I grew up and everyone was good. <laughs> Everyone, the lawyers, the policemen, everyone was their job. Every, you know, lived in this little fake world. And then I met Richard and I started really waking up big time. And I think it was just being around him as well. It just, everything just started crumbling. I just started to realize what was actually going on. The world wasn't run by money and what we were taught in schools wasn't correct. And that it was about energy. Mm-hmm. So we started to clean up our act. So we started eliminating things in our diet. I started getting more into astrology and astronomy and feng shui. Feng shui was a big one because that helped energize the flow of energy through the house. That made a big difference. We started learning about water onto the land, how it affects you. And the crystals and rocks where you live, how it affects how you behave around people and with yourself. And so it was just, it wasn't that we studied it because we were still fashion photographers. It was just more that was really interesting for us. So I never looked at it as studying, but that's what we were doing. We were self-educating ourselves in a different way. Then we decided that that we're going to have children. So I did not want to have any of my fears imprinted or carried through on the children. So we started doing kinesiology and kinesiology is where you go through and see if anything's affecting the flow of your body. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. So we started cleaning up our act that way. And there was many layers. <laughs> then we started having the children and the children, we, as when they were born, we would have their astrology done at 10 days old so that we could understand their, their essence when they came here so that we could treat each one as each one's essence so that we didn't pass on too much onto them. We would just go, oh, that's them, that's them, that's them. So it just made parenting different. The way we had children was very natural. Most of them were home birth. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of unusual practices with the home birth, but we followed a lot of the Chinese medicines rather than the Western. All the births were great. They were all fun. They were actually fun. They weren't what we see in Hollywood. <laughs> it was always a funny story or something entertaining going on. It sounds like you use a lot of ancient Chinese practices. Do you, do you also... Do anything with the I Ching at all? Oh, yeah, we did in the beginning. With I, I found that really interesting, yeah. But we probably haven't done it for a while. Here's a random story about that. So I don't know if you know who Tim Powers is. He's a science fiction and fantasy writer, but he was pretty close with Philip K. Dick when Philip K. Dick was around. And Philip K. Dick used to make heavy use of the I Ching in his writing to come up with plots and things like that but he would also use it for relationship problems and apparently it was accurate and there were times when he would get answers that he didn't like so he would make it sleep outside so <laughs> anyway just a just a random story it's just one of those things that it, it, it seems to work i needed to hear that because a lot of the time i'll go no no you can't have that crystal and i'm not going to sleep with that in here or you can't have that being drawing in here you can't have those things in here because i'm not going to sleep because they're just going to be talking to me all night you have to get, go put them in the other room or put them outside or depends on what it was so well he was just mad at it because it gave him an answer he didn't want yeah well sometimes they're rude <laughs> that's what our kids say when they're <laughs> talking of things so yeah sometimes the answers aren't what you're expecting so they're challenging mm. Yeah. So you're working with feng, feng Shui, you're using some Chinese medicinal practices. Yeah. So with the diet, we would eliminate something and eliminate something and eliminate something. In the, this time also, I'm shooting for uh, Vogue and she started shooting a lot of chefs, which was really interesting. This was before all the reality TV stuff. So yeah, we're, we're mm-hmm. old school. <laughs> we we were shooting before digital came in. So, so I'm shooting a lot of, I, sh- I shot a really well-known food book that the chefs were showing me how to cut the food and the energy mm-hmm. in it. A lot of the Japanese chefs were saying how much the food has been touched before you put it in your body and things like that. So we started to realize how many processes has this food gone through through before you collect the energy of it so then where's the energy of that food been so now we're checking on the source of the food so now then we start checking on the frequency of the food because this is all going into us so (laughs) that's how we sort of started going with the diet so we started eliminating things that way as well now when you say the Uh, frequency of the food what do you mean 
So first learning that the world doesn't revolve around money, it revolves really about energy. That helped me understand that everything has frequency and that we're here on earth. And I kept hearing that what you think is solid isn't solid. I kept hearing a few people say that, you know, like well, well-known well guru people saying that. Yeah, I mean. And I was like, how can that be? Like I'm touching well, it. Quantum physics, quantum physics says that. It's, I think it's like 99% of it is empty space, right? Because you yeah. have a proton and then you have an electron that's circulating. Out. Most of that around that is empty space. So that's absolutely 100% correct. And I agree, but my 3D brain's gone, no, because I'm touching it. So what happened was I was getting taught how frequency is the, the energy. So then everything started to lose its good and bad. It's either just a frequency, which frequency are you lining up with? So if you're lining up with that frequency, you're going to attract this, 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 and this. If you're lining up with this frequency, you're so by eliminating certain food groups, you're eliminating certain frequencies. So then the people around you start to change, which, you know, was tricky because a lot of family members we stopped talking to as well because our frequency had changed, our friend groups changed. And at first you think there's something wrong with you. Because you're in 3D mode. And then you realize that it's just a change. It's just your your, your frequency is changing because you've changed what frequencies you're allowing in. So it becomes like that Lucy film where she goes, she's in the car and she picks out frequencies. And she picks them out through the windscreen. And I use that as an example because now we're selecting, we're going, okay, we're going to eat that. We're going to eat that. We're going to be around those rocks. We're going to be around this type of house. We're going to find where the water goes under the house so we understand how it affects our bodies, the magnetics of it. We're going to tap into the moon cycles and the energy from the sun. So then we understand those frequencies as well. And the more and more you keep doing this, it, it, it's like it fine-tunes you a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you're tuning. You're tuning. Yeah, it's frequency it's, to, it's literally. So it's like it just resonates, the radio. right? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's also. And there's like no music. right or wrong either. Yeah. Right, it's like music, right? There's, yeah. So when I was younger, as a child, I used to hear like airports and shopping centers in my head noise, like a concert in my head, and it was really loud, and it used to really aggravate me as a child. And the more and more I started fine tuning all this, the more and more that noise went away and it was like I was getting all the messages but they were all cramming in all at once whereas now that I find change it I can zoom in now on a frequency so I can zoom in on a frequency when I'm talking to someone or when I'm with the kids or when I'm with animals or and it really clearly comes through and sometimes if it's a new frequency it can rattle my body or give me a earache, or I get a headache, or I'm tired. But once I get used to it, now I can understand. So again, tuning it. So for us, getting tuning to frequency to uh, food we eat, to an animal, to an experience, or a happening, or a, a ghost, <laughs> it's all the same. It's just a frequency. So. 
and, and a frequency of what? So like with sound, f- frequency is just vibrating air molecules, whereas with light is just a vis- visual light's just different frequencies which photons are traveling, right? Or just a, when you're looking at a wave, when it comes to reality, what medium or media do, are these frequencies determined by? Well, I thought all that as well, but when I'm sun gazing or if I'm in the sun, sometimes the sun energy can come through and it's really noisy in my head, like really noisy, like to the point where I hold my head here because it's quite, and at first I thought it was just the sun was too bright, but it's not, it's through different times of the day now. And so a lot of People that are really spiritual have said, oh, is that light language? And or, and look, I still don't know what all the terms are, but I do mm-hmm. know that it's a message. A lot of the terminology, my husband and I and the children have made up names because we've just been doing all this to our, keeping it to ourselves. We went on social medias about this. We've only really been coming out about this for a year. We well, kept you're going to get really... a lot of noise from social media. Yeah, well, like... we just kept it to ourselves because it was just our business. It wasn't really, and we didn't want to offend people. It was, it was if people would get uncomfortable with this kind of talk or, you know, they were eating foods that we weren't and they didn't want to know about what we knew. They didn't want to hear the preaching and it wasn't our job to preach to anyone. So a lot of the terminology, I always have to double check because Richard said, you know, make sure that when you're speaking, because you've got a lot of spiritual you know, ET experts out there, make sure your terminology is the same as what it means to them. Otherwise you might become confusing. <laughs> but I've had to have the terminology so that also our family would understand because our kids are going through all these experiences that we're going through from a young age. So let's let's go there. So you're doing all this stuff. When's the first time you you had something that seemed outside of mainstream reality? Not your reality now, but the reality that most people are trapped in now. The biggest one would be we started seeing craft with the kids. Around when was this? It was 2000? Yeah, uh, it was just, so it, it all sort of seemed to kick off after 2012. Oh, which was, okay. So six months after we, so we've just had our baby in May, the eighth baby, 2012. And then 2012, after that, it was just, it just started to come in big. It, it came in really big for the whole family, but it really sort of downloaded into me in a big way. And then, what, what part of Australia was this? We had just shifted to the most eastern point of Australia, so Byron Bay. country okay yeah so and we had shifted from sydney up here 
and my understanding is that there's some ruins there in Byron Bay. Yeah, we we keep finding lots of things. <laughs> we get taken to them literally when we're doing clearing or grounding work. Where we lived in Sydney, there was the Gosford Glyphs. Now that's the one where the Egyptian hieroglyphs are, and that's where we were. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting as well. But, but yeah, Egyptian hieroglyphs. In, yeah, you know, thousands, you know, thousands of miles, kilometers, whatever you want to call it, away across yeah, well, the oceans. One of the locations that is not far from the Gosford Glyphs is um, a very secluded one, and now it's closed up. Not many people know about it at all. I found out about it through Steve and Evan Strong from Forgotten Origin. They're here in Australia. Uh, they're actually just down the road from us. <laughs> yeah. But I found out later that this location that we were going to with Richard with the tiny motorbike group from the the solstice, which had an, a total eclipse, was the first day we went there. And that was the first day that I had a baby inside me. <laughs> Was it winter and or summer solstice? Would have been winter. Okay. This is short, so summer for you guys. Yeah. Oh. So I know so, the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year was, but I don't know what it would be in the southern hemisphere. Is there? Yeah. So you also seen the 22nd of December. And yeah, 22nd or 23rd, depending we're on the June, year. So we're June. So we're in your summer. So we were yeah. going to this motorbike place for six years and I'd sit on these rocks and run my hands over all the carvings and, and they, they were alien pictures in the rocks, but I just didn't think anything of it. I just, just used to run my hands along there. I'd go for bushwalks while Richard was riding the motorbike. We were there for about six years. So then we shift up to Byron and we start seeing craft. Oh, sorry. Question for you. The logo that you have, the spiral. Yeah. Did you see anything like that in those Glyphs? No, no, they were they were different shapes. Okay. It was circles, though. There was definite circles, but no spirals. Well, in the in the states, there are locations in the Mountain West where the the Hopi tribe. Yeah, uh, and there's also a lot of these spirals. But... Yeah, Cocacapelli. Yeah. So you're saying now Cocacapelli, which is. We've been introduced to that through the beings. And so just so your viewers know, we call beings ETs. So beings are ETs, but it can also be uh, ghosts or lost souls or anything. We just call them beings and then we get more into it depending on who they are. So I got sent to a job in Sedona. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. On the Arizona lights. And I'm shooting at the location where close to where there's Egyptian hieroglyphs there. And I only shoot dusk and dawn, dusk and dawn, which my crew used to hate because they'd have to get up at 2 a.m. to get ready, make up, you know. And so I'm being shipped out to Sedona for a job on the Phoenix lights. <laughs> and we just got messages this year that this is all connected. <laughs> and just for the the audience knows that they're not familiar with Phoenix Lights. It happened in the 90s. I think it was 97. And the governor of Arizona saw them and just flat out lied and denied it because he was embarrassed or whatever the reason is. But he's subsequently come clean and said, yeah, he saw them too. And yeah. the U.S. government won't 
won't acknowledge it whatsoever. But there's thousands of people who've, who saw them. So what's the? It's the biggest recorded ET encounter uh, still to this date. And it, it went on for months. They make it sound like it only was one night. It wasn't. It went on for months. And it went from there to Mexico too, as I saw. It just it wasn't just Arizona. It spread. It was similar encounters. And what did you see? I, I didn't see it, but I was there okay. <laughs> on the days. Yeah, I was right there on dusk and dawn. And it was interesting because the client that took me there was obsessed about going there. Absolutely obsessed about this fashion. And I really wanted to go there. To Phoenix or, or Sedona? To that location that we're shooting, yeah. Okay. Sedona, <laughs> yeah. Because it's in the US, it's supposed to be a very spiritual location where there's yeah. lots of resonances and, and things but see, like I that. But to me, I, I was just like, okay, well, we're shooting fashion there. So what are we going to do? Like, it wasn't that big a deal for me then, but now I reflect yeah. back and I go, this is connected, really? Okay, all right, I'll, I'm hearing you. All right, so we've had eight kids. We've shifted to Byron Bay. We've learned about this hieroglyphs in Sydney, that where we used to live. And then I started uh, having un- even, so now it's gone from the stars moving really weird in the sky to we started having a lot of military encounters around the house and just unusual things happened to us. People would come up to us in the streets and touch our hands and like stuff that you just, oh, we just thought it was, we thought it was people in Byron, to be honest. We just thought, oh, maybe it's just people in Byron, but they would come up and give us gifts and food and hug us and I'm like, what is going on? People come would up. Would they say me. anything when they did that? You're like ETs. Yeah. They thought they some of the some of us said you're like an ET. And I was like, what are these people talking? They were me- like we're like mesmerized and we just we just thought people were really friendly. But we realized mm-hmm. that they weren't doing it to other people. So Okay, so we just went, all right, this is weird. So we shift up to Byron and we start seeing all the lights, the moving stars. We get taken back and we start realizing that everything has got a purpose that we've been doing through our whole life. Nothing's random. And then we shifted to another home. And because I, I would go out in the middle of the night because I would hear things in the cloud, like metallic screeching and trumpets. Mm-hmm. And since you know coming out, a lot of people have talked about this. They've heard the trumpets in the clouds. And so that was good because it was a confirmation for me. A lot of the time I had to work out that I wasn't going crazy. I'm not going crazy. No, I'm not going crazy. It's another happening. It's another process of learning. And I guess working it out, by ourselves gave us even more confidence with our story because we weren't relying on anybody else. It was just situations that have happened purely to us that we're sharing. It's not accumulated from anyone else. It's just this is what happened. (laughs) If you don't want to listen to it, I totally get it. (laughs) But this is what happened. Our kids have experienced it. The animals that we live with experience it as well. So we shift to another little farmhouse up here and within a few months of living there, I would hear noises or get taken outside 
from the animals. Mm-hmm. And I was in the horse herd and then we had the huge craft come over, like the lowest. And that was... What did it look um, like? It was like black mirror and it had shooting veins through it, like blue shooting veins. But at first I thought it was the stars. I was in the middle of the horse herd and the horses freaked out and I thought there was a predator. And then they all circled around me in protection mode. And then they all held ground. I went, okay, what's going on? They started sniffing the ground, which made me think it's a storm. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the horses do something weird because horses don't normally do this. They put their heads up to look up. And horses don't have predators in the sky, so it's not normal for a horse to do that. So, And it's also dark, so I'm just seeing there the whiskers and their eyes looking up and they keep sniffing the ground, but they held ground. So I knew I was safe. So I didn't feel scared or anything. And I kept looking up and I realized that this blackness was moving north and took up the whole valley. So we were on a 200 acre farm in a valley. So it's pretty huge. I was thinking, oh, this is not military. This is big. And it had a like a hum, like a humming frequency to it. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up in bed, and I was like, "You have missing uh, time." Yeah. Well, this is where it gets interesting. Richard said, "So what happened? Have you have a good sleep?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah, actually, I just had a dream," and so. I thought it was a dream and then I went back outside and I realized my shoes were where I had left like to oh, hang on a second all right now okay I'm acknowledging this so I came back inside and I said I think I had really big craft experience and he went I told him about it and he went wow that is the biggest one we've had and that was it this is where it gets weird the, the next month after that my husband and kids were like what is wrong with you? You smell different. You talk different. You sound different. You don't have your personalities different. What you, we don't, they just stopped calling me mum. Richard and I were sort of started to argue because I was like a foreigner to them. It was like I was a complete foreigner and it gradually kept getting worse. But to me, I was the same person. So I had no idea what was wrong to me I was like why are they all so angry at me and Richard went you know what we should just go and do kinesiology this is just not working for the family this is probably about two or three months so we went to kinesiology and they checked everything they checked my oils and hydration and they checked family everything was fine and she said I'm just going to do one last check I don't normally do this one but I'll do this one I'll just check I just have a hunch to do it she did it and she asked if it was an outer world I experienced and it was like bang and said that date straight away. <laughs> and I looked at it and she got really, she was a little bit shocked by it because it wasn't something that she was ready to hear. So she left the room and I was going, wow, so I'm not possessed <laughs> and the kids are going to be really happy about this because it's not me. <laughs> and then we worked out that I had been gone for 10 years and I was like, but what do you mean I was gone? For, so I've been, I was up on the craft for 10 years. 
but it was only like a f- 10 or 20 minutes Australian time or you know, this is our relative, time. relative time, right? Yeah. But I was like, never heard this before. I don't understand it. That's okay. I'll, uh, these people want me out of their office. <laughs> it was way too buzzy for them. So I got out, Richard's waiting for in the car, told him. And he goes, oh, that's great. At least you're not possessed. Like, cause they're thinking demons or something. And he goes, so it goes back to that date. And I went, yeah, it goes back to that date. And we kind of then left it because, you know, we're seeing these craft and everything. So we were just like left it as it is. Well, that was like the catalyst. It was like it, it was like once I had acknowledged it with Richard and the kids, bang, they all started connecting big time and the happening started and the kids started communicating with beings. They start drawing them. We're having 3D experiences. They're having them in the dreams. They're having dreams where they connect with each other, not one, but two or three of them. They're having real life encounters in different locations when they're out surfing at night, when they're doing their chores. And we're having it when we're out and about. We're also having shape shifters, you name it. It's We've had lost souls. We've had ghosts. We had ghosts in the house. <laughs> it was like it, they came in. It was like, okay, they're all awake. They, they're all acknowledging now. They're all ready. They're not sleeping now. We can come in and let's let's do this. And it's it's been pretty amazing the last few years. It's just been one thing uh, the next to next. And it doesn't slow down. It only speeds up. Is this a family-specific thing? Or is there something about the location of where you are that's special in some way, a mixture of both? I thought it was location, but they've shown me, we call it uh, time collecting, where they take you back in time or they take you to moments and you go back and you collect information and that creates an expansion of your knowledge. So they take, I get taken back and we go back to when I was a child or when Rich was a child or even the uh, other incarnation and they'll take us back and they give us information, we expand on it, and then we bring it back to this present now. Now, do they do this in non-physical space? Or is it physical? Is it when they take you back? Is it in dreams? I, I actually don't think there's one way they do it. I feel like they do it when I'm awake. They've done it when I'm asleep and they've done it in dreams and they've done it in meditation. Sometimes they have done it when I, if I did a group meditation with people, they would connect not only through me but through whoever was in the group, a few select people in the group. So we've had – it's like they're showing me all the different possibilities of how they can connect. We have one daughter <laughs> who's electrical, born on an electric storm. I got electrocuted, had quite a few near deaths with her and – well, I was pregnant with her. Uh, the beings connect through electricity with her. <laughs> Lightning, bridges, anything electrical, anything with an electric buzz, they seem to communicate through her with that. So they're showing us. Also, like I, I, I would question, why us? Like why us? We've got already a lot to do. We've got a big family, but it was like, we're going to make it so extreme 
and so many of you that it you can show all the differences in one family. Like this one, this one, this way, this way. It's a ghost. It's a dragon type energy. It's the whales, like real whales encounters. It's the horses. It's the stones. It's finding sacred sites. It's it's all of it. Then you've got all the astrology, and then you've got all the astronomy. It's all connected in. It's all connected together. It's not separate. And I feel that that's what we're doing is showing that it is all connected, and it's uh, connected and. It's different age groups too. Like we've got little kids doing this as well as Mm -hmm. the older kids, as well as myself and my husband. We've also got our pets doing it. Like there'll be a ghost energy in the house or a being or a craft and our animals, we watch them, not just the dogs, the cats, the birds, the horses, they all react as well. So they confirm it for us. We're not going crazy. (laughs) They just notice it. It sounds like a variety of different phenomena. Is it connected in some way? Is it all positive energy or are there kind of both sides of the coin? At first, when we still had the fear program in us, which is, it's trained. It's trained from school Hmm. and television and parents. They don't mean to be, but they do. They keep passing it down this fear program that's been going on for generations, we we still had that in us. Even with all the kinesiology, we still have fear and worry in us. So the first beings that sort of presented were really scary for us, really scary. They were like demon-type beings. As soon as we acknowledged them as a family as well, and we took a step up and said, "Well, what, what is this? What do you? What do you want? What are you doing? What do you? What do you need to be around us for? Are you here just to scare us? Are you here to be acknowledged, or do you need assistance? What is it?" <laughs> as soon as we find that, they shape shift, and it changes. And it's like it—it's not them shape shifting; it's your programs in your mind disappearing, leaving. So then the frequency comes back to what it should be. And they've done this not only with beings, but also on how to deal with pain and healing as well. So once you take away that fear, the programs, we can self-heal very quickly. And we've been shown ways to do that through these energies or these beings. But yeah, we you have to work your way through the the worried, the doubt, the fear, worry, doubt, fear. It's, and it is. It's a lot of surrendering. It's a lot of letting go. It's it's really tricky for our human brains to let let it go. And how do they communicate to you? Just like telepathically in human language? They show me signs. They show me noise, they show me smells, they send songs. I'll hear someone's voice. Okay, I'll I'll give you a real-time example. So I know that I'm meeting with Sean today, so I thought, oh, I'm just going to start my day off and I'm going to listen to a Sean program. 
So I go wake up to my coffee and listen to a Sean program and you come up, the first one that flashes up is Doll. And I've gone, really? You're going to start me off on this one? And my two biggest fears as a child growing up is mirrors and dolls. Now, I've addressed mm. mirrors. You haven't addressed dolls yet? I thought I had and I hadn't. So I go, really? So you're going to first morning? Come on. All right. I'm, I'm not running away from this. So, so I'll watch your video. Your video is talking to me. In what way? Your video. So I watched your video and you said that it was, you could see the heat in this doll. I went, wow, this is okay. All right, all right. I'm listening to you guys. What do you want me to do? Just let me know what you want me to do. So a lot of the time the beings get frustrated and angry or not, and they're not angry in our way of thinking. They're just, it's very hard for them to communicate to us. We're very dense. And you said that there was a dog barking at this doll and this lady had damaged eyes from it. So I'm going, okay, you're wanting acknowledgement. Okay, so I'm giving you my acknowledgement. So now you're going to give me a gift back. So we're going to work together on this. So now I'm communicating with the frequency of your video. This is cool. So on the right side of the doll, there's a picture of a screaming woman. Now this screaming woman represents the frustration of the doll, but also what 3Ders are going through, the unawakened. So that's on the right-hand side in action. On the left side, you have a yellow tarot cards. And I'm going, all right, the other thing that I don't enjoy doing is tarot cards. I'm not big on tarot because it's old world and I just think it's tired. And but you, So now you're showing me the yellow tarot card. Well, so mm-hmm. I don't have that tarot card deck, so I can't get information from that. And they're going, uh, you got to keep looking. They also showed me on the bottom of the doll is a crested horn, which is very, it's gold. It's so it, we're in new moon phase. So I'm, I'm realizing now this doll is communicating and is wanting real time. So, okay, I'm understanding real time. So I've got your, the barking dog, the lady with the sore eyes. So she's not seeing it. So whenever you keep pushing spirit or these beings away too much, if you keep pushing and pushing it away, what will happen is you're you're supposed to awaken here on earth for some reason. We're all supposed to sometime remember whether you remember through your lifetime or at death, it doesn't matter, but you're here to some at some stage remember Mm -hmm. who you are. So if you don't, people usually talk about disease, discomfort, financial stress, you know, losing a loved one a disability, those sort of things happen. So I'm, I'm acknowledging this poor lady whose eyes have been damaged, uh, seeing the angry dog barking, realising it's new moon, and then this tarot card thing. So I said, well, I don't have that card deck, so what do you want me to do? So I look up the card deck and it comes up on Amazon. And It's actually the all- most popular. It's actually the most popular because I looked at it too after you commented on it. I mean, looked at the video because I didn't even notice that deck was there. And yeah. it, it's a writer deck, which is the most common tarot card deck that you can get, I think. 
Well, this is where it gets stranger. This morning I sent out messages to Facebook and the group saying how emotional this high energy coming through and I kept writing, it's been a real ride the last few weeks. It's been a real ride. So then I read his name and it says Rider Waiting One. And I've gone, really? Are you guys messing with me or what? Okay, so I'm, all right, I'm some Rider Waiting One, Rider Waiting One. I keep looking and in Amazon they have six cards laid out. And I said, so now you're showing me a, a layout. So, okay, I'm reading your layout and it got, I read it in order and the order of the layout is exactly what we're all going through right now in this transition right now. Wow. Yeah, the synchronicities and the dovetailing. I have goose pimples just telling you this story. I haven't had an experience happen like this before through a video like this, but so that, that's new for me today. <laughs> yeah, so there was a documentary, not about this doll, but so I grew up Catholic, so I'm not afraid of a lot of things, but you mentioned demons i'm I'm out i'm gone <laughs> and yeah. there was a documentary that said if you watch this documentary demons have been known to come through that medium so i was just like i'm out i'm not even gonna watch it and in the corner of my mind when i was recording that again i'm not saying it's positive or negative but based on what you're saying my understanding is it's just it's just somebody the essence of somebody who's trapped and just wants to be acknowledged. What you're saying gives me even more goose pimples because I thought, what happens if this is bad energy? Am I opening it up watching this video with the doll? So what you're talking about is exactly what went through my head this morning. And I went, no, 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 I'm not doing this. I am not. That's so that there's the fear program coming back in, right? Because it's tarot card, which I used to think tarot cards opening other worlds as well. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm way past that. I'm not doing that. I can look in a mirror now. And so this whole doll thing that Sean's helping me now, and this will help people in his audience. So now I'm communicating through a video to a doll and your, this tarot card, and they're showing me the last cycles where we're going. And I'm going to email it to you because it's really interesting. I was going to email it this morning and then I held back, but I feel now I'll email it to you with the information I got because it is interesting and it really does sum up where we're at. So all Is it something time, I can superimpose on this video in post-production? Yeah, is that definitely. Something? Okay. okay. Yeah. And it will assist people because they will realize how I've interpreted the information. They'll also that realize that a lot of the time what we've done is we've taken off the fear of it and seen it now for what it is, and it's just a frequency. It's no different than what your video showed your audience, the heat. It's just that. That's all it is. It's not. There's no bad or good. Mm-hmm. But if you come from a state of fear programs, if you're watching lots of scary movies and if you've got lots of you know, stuff that you need to clean up and you're eating bad food, you're not saying good words with people, uh, you know, if you're in that state, this frequency could scare you and that's what we have happened. So a lot of the times 
people say, oh, can you show us more ETs? And I, I say, well, we can, but a lot of them will rattle people. So we're, we're cautious because we do, we care about other people. We don't want, we're not here to upset people and completely rattle them. Everyone's got to come through a, a gen, gentle pace. And we've been doing this for a, a long time now. So we've had time to digest it. Whereas a lot of people are coming into this information in a really fast space. Like, so it takes a lot for the body to upgrade to all this information, these frequencies. You've got to allow time and for your cells to. Did the, did the doll communicate to you in any way? Yeah, I got relief. Just like, oh. Yeah, really? I told Richard about, I told Richard the story and he goes, did they have the doll imprisoned? Like he hasn't even seen a video. Right. So this is just, this yeah. is so Richard. Richard's like, Richard loves data. He loves information. He loves the technology. He loves, he's, that's Richard. But he just comes in with, with a comment like this and he says, Was that doll imprisoned in anything? Yeah. Said, it's you know what was in interesting? It was like in the cone of silence. And he goes, Really? He goes, oh, That's what I'm visualizing. He said, It's like a capsule. And I went, Yeah. And yeah. so in that imprisonment that doll's in, the information is getting, she's just getting, like, it's bouncing back. So you can understand how it would come across as angry energy because it's just bouncing back in on her all the time. So I actually felt relief. A lot of the times when we acknowledge a lot of the beings, I feel relief. I is there anything uh, that should be done for her? Because I can always go, I'm in communication with somebody who works with the owner. You can yeah. pass that message on. So I got all these messages and then my kids walked in and said, Mom, you have to come into Byron with us. So I got whisked away, but I I, I will go through it tonight now that I know I'm going to send it to you because what we find is once we find this information out, we just go and do something little like like a gift to the whether it's to the universe or whatever it's just like an act an act and what happens after that is the butterfly effect and mm -hmm. this is where it gets really interesting something amazing happens always always is this the Sometimes same butterfly it happens in an hour is this the same butterfly so, effect in chaos theory which says butterfly fluttering its wings and Chicago causes a storm in China. Is that the sort of butterfly effect you're talking about? Well, we have had those happen. And the kids say to me, Mom, did you just cause that? And I said, No, of course I didn't. I didn't cause that. But this is the universe's way of showing us a confirmation. So maybe that was already going to happen, but the universe gives it a title or a label so that you can connect the synchronicity. The dovetailing. There is no, our kids call it coinky dink. There is no synchronicity. We go, we laugh because we go, oh, that's not, there's no coinky dink. There's no synchronicity. There's no randoms. Everything happens. Everything crosses your path for a reason. And the more and more that we as humans here realize that, the more and more it empowers us. And the more and more, like you said, is there something we can do for this doll? So, 
here I'm talking to a stranger, Sean, who has never met me before, and now we want to help a doll. Like, well, look, I, I'm 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 of like the, nice. the Pascal's wager kind of school, yeah. right? I don't know if there's a heaven or a hell, but I might as well act as if there's a heaven because if I'm wrong, I just don't exist, and so it doesn't matter. But if I if I'm right, then you know I can avoid. Yeah, you know it's a, it's a it's terrible theology, but there are tons of things that 300 years ago we didn't know exist that exist like radiation and things like that things you can't see but exist so i'm not saying that you have to acknowledge everything that you see but there's something to the universe that we don't know we're still a very ignorant species in many ways so you have to be open and to be fair i i had a very materialist worldview until two or three years ago when i'm just starting to try to understand some of the phenomena that we see, but I came at it from more on the physical side first, but there's just certain things that happen that you can't explain with traditional science. And we just, it's okay to acknowledge we don't know. Well, that's, that's my biggest one. I always just say, I actually don't know. I really don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing. So I'm okay. I'm open to not knowing. And I think that comes back to the allowing and that cancels out the fear and the worry and the doubt. Look, I don't know all the answers, but what I do know is what I've been taught is not correct. So I can't follow that formula anymore. History is not what history has made up. History changes all the time. You've, our kids have seen that. All you need to do is watch the news and you know half of it's not correct. And, yeah, and I yeah. know that because I've been in situations where I would be five minutes away from something that actually happened and the media would report something that did not happen. And so yeah. I have my own per personal confirmations. And not only that, people just have different lenses through which they view the world. Sometimes the exact same event can happen. They can be, they can report it completely accurately and I could report it completely accurately. And it'll be, you know, a different thing. It could take a real world example. If I just put like a six between us, I see a six. What do you see? Right. You see yeah. a nine. Right. So part of it's just perspective. And anyway, I think this is a perfect place to end this episode so that we can talk about <laughs> transdimensional beings in the next one. Yes. So thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And, and thank, thank you for sharing the story of the doll. I'm still going to have to think about that because it's it is fascinating. It is fascinating. Thank you. If you enjoyed this video. Hit like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time.